For many young people getting into farming, access to land is the biggest barrier to creating and maintaining a viable farm business. Enter the 42-acre seed farm in Lehigh County, Pennsylvania. The seed farm gives prospective farmers the chance to launch their own businesses through the farm's unique incubator program. My name is Chris Torres, host of the Young Farmer Podcast. Thanks for listening today. On a recent day, it was a sunny, warm day, I got the chance to actually travel up to the seed farm, and I interviewed Lindsay Parks, program administrator for the seed farm, Kinsey Gensel, prospective farmer who's in the incubator program, and Brad Pollock, farm manager of the farm. Um, I couldn't interview the trio together because, of course, of social distancing. So, as you will hear, each of them has a chance at the microphone to explain what they do on the farm. And first up is Lindsay Parks, who explains the history of the seed farm and how the program connects young farmers with not only access to land, but resources to help get their businesses going. You'll then hear from Kinsey, and then, finally, Brad. So enjoy the conversations from my recent visit to the seed farm. Thanks for listening. We're here out here in Emmaus on what is a beautiful day in a place that the last time I visited here was about 11 years ago, Lindsay Parks, who is the program administrator for the Seed Farm. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, Lindsay, like I said, the last time I was here was about 11 years ago for, um, for a field day. And, um, you know, you have a unique mission here at the Seed Farm. Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about, uh, about the Seed Farm and what your mission is? Well, I'm sure it's changed a lot, the site, <laughs> since you were here yes, about a decade ago. Um, so the Seed Farm um, is based on... It's a response to the problem that we're seeing with um, people leaving farming and it being increasingly difficult for young people to get into farming, especially if they did not come from farming backgrounds. So they can't rely on family land. Um, They didn't necessarily grow up farming, so they don't know the higher level farm management and ownership skills. Um, And... And they don't have access to like fully developed sites with the infrastructure and the equipment that they need. Um, those things can be really expensive to procure, and they can be really um, risky once they do own them. So what we're trying to do is lower the barriers to entry by making it possible for beginning farmers to learn how to farm and to launch their own farm businesses. Um, so here in Lehigh County, the county had been, um, they'd been investing money in preserving farmland for about, a, about two decades before people started realizing that um, preserving our land is only one part of the solution in making sure that the future of farming is secured. Um, the other part of that is preserving farmers. So um, the seed farm was started um, as an extension of the county's farmland preservation efforts. Uh, This is actually on county-owned land. Um, Lehigh County is still very supportive of the work that we do here. Um, So we have 42 acres where we have a training farm and an incubator farm in order to um, provide beginning farmers the resources that they need to launch and then run sustainable farm businesses. Got it. So 
when somebody who is actually interested in, in coming here, and as I understand, the plots can range from just less than an acre all the way up to five, maybe mm -hmm. six acres. When somebody actually comes here and starts here at the seed farm, do they start at the training farm and then eventually get into the incubator farm? How does that, how does that process work? That was how the seed farm was initially designed. You know, we had a pretty good idea of what farmers needed. And so there was a program set up that began with a year of training, um, intensive training. And then that was supposed to lead directly into the incubator program so that you could come here and it would be like a one-stop shop for learning how to farm and then starting your farm. But we realized over time that beginning farmers, um, they all have different needs and they're all in different points in their beginning farmer journey. So we kind of broke out the programs a little bit. So some people come to us just to learn the basics of farm ownership um, and then they might already own a farm that they want to learn, uh, that they want to um, operate themselves. Other farmers, um, they've already learned to farm somewhere else and so they can jump right into the incubator farm. And that's what we're seeing a lot of now. There are more um, opportunities for farmer training, um, but the incubator continues to be in pretty high demand. Okay, got it. Um, so what's your pipeline for farmers? What's, your, what, what's sort of like the pipeline of people that actually come into here? I mean, are you, do you have relationships with, with various ag organizations? I mean, I mean how, how do you actually let people know, up and coming farmers know that you have this really nice service here? Um, well, we have some really great strong partnerships that we've cultivated over the years, and we like to kind of think of ourselves as a hub. Um, we hear from beginning farmers who might be able to benefit from the resources that we have here at the farm, but we also hear from a lot of people who might be interested in being connected with farmland for purchase, um, in which case we can refer them to partner organizations. Um, they might be interested in dairy farming or livestock farming, which we don't currently do here, mm -hmm. but we know enough farmers and enough um, partner organizations um, throughout the greater Lehigh Valley and Pennsylvania even that can provide access to that information. Um, so we can do a fair amount here on our land, but it's also very valuable to be able to refer them to Penn State Extension or to PASA, Pennsylvania FarmLink, um, depending on what their specific needs are. All right. I just did a podcast on Pennsylvania Farm Link. That was my very last podcast. Ah. So that was a nice segue into coming here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they told me, why don't you go up to Seed Farm? And you can actually, you know, um, it should sort of be an extension of our conversation. So, you know, they actually referred me here, Michelle. Oh, that's um, great. Michelle Kirk. So, um, yeah, so that was that was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, tell me a little bit about the incubator program, because the incubator program is, is something that... Um, you know, this whole idea of, uh, of incubation programs, I think, is something that, you know, when I was with Lancaster Farming about a dozen years ago, mm -hmm. um, even longer than that, um, really sprang up. This idea of, uh, of uh, you know, giving farmers or giving young up-and-coming farmers sort of like opening the door for them to, to get into the business. Tell me about how your incubator program is set up. Okay. So it is set up similarly to other small business incubator programs in that... Um, you know, we provide access to critical resources that enable people to start their businesses. So when people come to us and they want to join the incubator, and when you talk with Kinsey a little bit later, you'll be able to get some, you know, more details about how it works from, from her perspective. But what we like to see is that somebody has farming experience, or at the very least, um, gardening experience, so they know what they're getting into. Uh, we need to see a business plan 
production plan, marketing plan. Um, we want to see plan A, you know, if everything goes um, perfectly. And then we want to see plan B <laughs> because things are not going to go perfectly. And we want to see plan C because you never know how a farming season is going to go. And it's important that people who are just beginning to farm understand that it, it doesn't matter how, how good things look on paper something is going to be off and you know they're going to have to be able to deal with it in real time in the middle of a season in some cases so um, so we have a pretty hands-on application process somebody would start the process by filling out a pre-application online and that just kind of gives us an idea of the interest in the incubator for the upcoming season it tells us um, what what they're perfect incubator farming scenario is, what kind of experience they're coming into the program with. And at that point, then we can sit down with them and talk about their goals and start to flesh them out a little bit. Um, we might refer them to a business planning course if they need help putting together a business plan. We might help them connect with different marketing opportunities like a farmer's market, or um, we might counsel them on whether it makes sense to do a CSA right out of the gate. Um, and once we have had those conversations and maybe referred them to some different partner organizations and programs that help them put their application together, then they submit a final application. Um, we review it on our end with advisory committee members and staff members, and this process could last a little while. It can go back and forth um, until they feel comfortable with their plan and we feel like um, they've done enough work to mitigate the risk on their end. Okay, got it. So how long does that process actually take on average? It really depends on the person, but it could start in August or September and... Of the previous year. Of the previous year and be wrapped up by December or January. Okay. okay it could so. take a full year in some cases. It just depends on what they need in order to um, start their business in the way that they want it to operate. Okay, got it. So then they're in the, it, when they are accepted, I guess, mm -hmm. um, so then they're in the incubator program. So then what happens then? Um, well, then, you know, they get a lease, they pick out their, their plot of land, and um, it's really, you know, at that point, the hand-holding kind of stops. I mean, at that point, they are launching their own businesses, and um, we, we're there for assistance, um, but we don't, we don't take it upon ourselves to continue to help them run their farms unless they turn to us for, for help. Got it. Um, we do have equipment that they're then using. Um, we take on equipment maintenance responsibilities. Um, we invoice throughout the year, um, depending on you know what their infrastructural and equipment usage is. Um, and and yeah, then the I was I was reading online that they actually you charge for equipment usage, you charge do. for you know supplies and all that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So okay. Yeah, some resources are resources are billed on an hourly basis, like equipment, for example. Um, other resources are billed um, based on like seasonal usage, like tables in the greenhouse or um, shelves in the incubator, dry storage usage. Um, they report that to us. We come up with the invoices for them. Um, there are three billing cycles per year. And then at the end of the year, if they want to stay in the incubator, they kind of, they have to go through the process again. So, um, they submit a report at the end of the year. We review it and go over it with them. And we do that even if they're not staying on the incubator. 
um, after that year. But if they want to stay, they have to kind of reapply. And it's, it's an abbreviated process, but it's one that makes sure that we're helping them stay on track. Right. The whole, the whole goal, the whole, um, the whole goal is for somebody who's going to be in the incubator program to really build up capital so they'll eventually get their own farm. I mean, that's really what the goal is. To build Sounds up capital, like. to build up a credit history, to build up a customer base, mm-hmm. um, to become ingrained in the farmer community around here, um, you know, to provide um, access to... Uh, to what they need so that when they go off on their own, whether that's owning land or continuing to rent land on a, on a larger scale um, so that they can operate independently. That sure. is the goal. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, on average, and, and this probably varies from year to year, but, but on average, um, how, long do, how long do these farmers actually stay in the incubator program before they grow wings and go out on their own? The ideal amount of time is two or three years. Mm-hmm. That's what we tend to see. Some mm-hmm. people, um, I would say about two years is, would be the average. We've had people stay for three years. We've had people only need to be in the incubator for one year. Um, we've had people operate for one year and then realize that farm ownership isn't for them. Right. And that's great, really, because then at the end of that year, um, it's, it's less expensive for them to walk away. Yeah. Um, you know, and it not, opens up a space for somebody else who might want to be in true yeah yep um but i would say about two or three years is how long people stay in the incubator interesting mm-hmm. once they decide once a farmer actually decides that you know i think i'm ready to go out on my own i think i'm ready to go out and actually you know do what i need to do to go out and buy myself a piece of land or rent land somewhere else and mm-hmm. grow the business um you know is there a role for the seed farm in that part of the relationship so do you actually do any sort of you know connecting farmers who are exiting the incubator? I mean, do you do any sort of, you know, help assistance for them to actually find a farm of their own at that point? At that point, our help is more on, um, on an informal basis. Mm-hmm. So we might refer them out to Pennsylvania FarmLink if they're looking to do a long-term lease or purchase land. Um, we might help to connect them with local bankers if they're looking to, um, to purchase land and finance it here in the Lehigh Valley. Um, we can connect them with more established members of the farming community around here if, right. you know, depending on what they're looking for. But we tend to, um, we like to stay in the role of um, like a referral kind of service in that case. And speaking of banking, mm-hmm. you have a little bit of a banking background yourself. I do. Um, so, you know, can you talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, about how your background, how you sort of um, molded your experience in the past in banking and, and mm-hmm. how you've put that to work here, helping farmers in that process, in that particular, you know, point of the process. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, when I was in banking, I was in financial analysis, so mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily working um, in a hands-on way with getting people financing. Um, but I do have a deep appreciation for the business ownership aspect of farming. And I think that's something that people often overlook. You know, they look at farming as a passion or something that they're going to do when they retire. And um, sometimes overlook the fact that farmers are, they might be doing something that they feel passionate about, but they're running businesses. and, um, And they have to be handling marketing and customer relations and finance and um, HR. (laughs) They have to be keeping their fingers on so many 
um, so many different areas in terms of keeping their businesses healthy. Sure. And so, and that's really an area that the seed farm focuses on, um, making sure that they know the ins and outs of growing, but also business operation. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. And, uh, and that's something that, um, that's something that, that we really, you know, through this podcast is something that I really try to push hmm. this idea that, you know, it is a business and you know what, and you know, farmers should really take advantage of the tools that are out there to build their business. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think you hit it on the nail exactly that, you know, it, I think it starts with the passion, starts with that passion, you know, inside of here. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you have to make money doing it, you have to, you know, sustain that business. Right. Let me ask you something, you know, this is going to vary, you know, Kinsey's going to have a different plan, you know, Farmer Brown down the road is going to have a different plan. But, you know, in terms of a, in terms of a, of a business plan, what do you think an ideal business plan actually looks like when somebody actually applies to be a part of the incubator? What does that ideal business plan look like? What do you want to, what do you want to see? Um, what we want to see, I think is something that's holistic um, and shows that they have considered all aspects of running their business. Um, so in some cases, a business plan reflects, um, you know, the vegetables that the, that the farmer wants to grow, but doesn't necessarily put a lot of thought into where they're going to be, where and how they're going to be marketed, right? right? So we want to make sure that they have considered all aspects from budgeting at the beginning of the year to um, the production schedule to where and how they're going to market. Um, I think, I think that's the most important. I mean, there's going to be so much variation from one plan to the next, but just making sure that they've covered all of the bases, that's what we really look for. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much. I thank appreciate you. it. Next up, we have Kinsey Gensel. Is that how you pronounce yes, your last correct. name? Yep. And she is the, um, we call her the incubator here, but she also owns her own little business. Although you haven't made it official, am I correct? No, I haven't yet. <laughs> We're going to put a plug in it for anyway. Um, pickle, pickle Perry Patch? Pickle Penny Patch. Pickle Penny Patch. Yeah. Pickle Penny Patch. Okay, wonderful. Lindsay, tell me a little bit about, or excuse me, Kinsey, how old are you? And tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, I will be 41, actually, uh, the end of this month. And um, so I grew up with a lot of gardeners in my family. Um, but the last family-owned farm was my great-grandparents um, on both sides actually uh, but I remember as a kid going over to my great-grandparents house um, we called her Memmy she was my great-grandmother and she was like the feistiest woman uh, little Pennsylvania Dutch woman and she lived in her own home until she was 96 um, taking care of her disabled son and so I just wanted to emulate her I think in my life just um, being able to just kind of take it all on and do do a lot like that. And so um, I kind of wanted to get back into farming and feel like there's just like this ancestral pull back into um, back into the land. So tell me, tell me how you got back into farming. I mean, tell me. So I've been gardening uh, since I was a little kid mm -hmm. and um, I moved into a, an apartment, I guess, four ish years ago. And so you don't, you can't really garden 
in an apartment and I saw a post at the seed farm that they were looking for volunteers. That was two summers ago. So I uh, joined the crew over here of volunteers and that was a really great experience um, coming here and, and doing some farming a few hours a week. And so then the next summer I thought, well, maybe I should try my hand at doing this as a business. And um, uh, other friends of mine lent me their greenhouse and so I grew cucumbers last summer uh, for their, I wholesaled it back to them. Uh, they were getting out of farming and they were getting into wholesaling and now they own a little grocery store called Radish Republic in downtown Allentown. Um, they were also really great at growing carrots, which I was also, that was my top thing that I wanted to grow, but somebody else was growing it for them. Um, so they taught me their ways and I'm trying to do it as best as I can. And so uh, my main crop is carrots, but I also have a few other items. Okay. So, so what is your, you know, what would your, ideally, what would your business look like? Um, it would be helping out kind of the little guy because I, I am the little guy. Um, I also am a massage therapist. That's my main occupation. So this is uh, my, my side hustle, although in the time of <laughs> Corona, um, it's my only hustle right now. So, um, yeah, so it's, that's been a really strange, wonderful experience being able to have kind of all the time in the world to just really invest in my farm right now mm -hmm. until I can get back to doing uh, both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Good. So um, in those years where you're in, in the year that you volunteered, t tell me some of the things that you, you say you learned a lot. Um, t tell me some of the things that, that you learned that, that um, you know, that, that led you to the idea that you actually wanted to do this as a business. <laughs> um, hmm. I think I pick up a lot of things without asking. Um, I'm, I'm really good at picking up things by observation. Um, and also by asking questions. Um, I'm trying to think of what I learned like really specifically. I think just watching how things are done, you can kind of take that shape in your own mind of, yeah, I think I think I could do this. But at the same time, I think every day that I come out here farming, like the first the first um, few minutes, just like, why are you doing this? Like, you can't do this. This is silly. Um, and really doubting yourself. Yeah. Um, that, that, and that's kind of like a constant stream. And then you kind of get into it and then um, I, at the end of the day, I kind of like take a walk around the whole patch and like, yeah, like you did this today. <laughs> like it might not be perfect, but you did it. Sure, sure. Um, so in terms of the incubator, you know, what, what sort of skills have you, um, what sort of skills have you, have you learned being a part of this community? Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's business planning, you know, actually going out there and doing the physical labor of, of running a farm, what, what sort of skills do you think you've really come away with? Sure. So it was kind of helpful to see things, um, not quite from beginning cause I wasn't here during the plant, the, during the planting and, um, seedlings and stuff like that, but from, um, a harvesting standpoint and, um, like knowing how to, when and how to harvest things. Um, and then also packaging them up for the farm shares that, that we were then doing. Uh, working in a team atmosphere, you know, we all kind of like had our strengths and so everyone would kind of like lean into those. And w it was really kind of neat because we all just, a lot of times we all just kind of like functioned without even speaking about what we were doing. It was just very organic um, and people just kind of knew what to do and we did it and yeah. What's your eventual goal? What's your, what's your long-term goal with your, with your business? 
Um, my long-term goal would to get maybe a, a small patch of land so that I could do some bit of farming, but also have my massage business mm -hmm. um, be probably the main focus, like maybe a 75-25 yeah. ratio. Um, so, you know, I have to be flexible on that in today's <laughs> given environment. I'm usually like real gung-ho, like, you know, just jump in and do it because um, I've been in the business world for the past 15 years with my massage business. Um, but like right now, I'm kind of like, let's tread lightly and just kind of like see this through and see what happens sure. for the next year. Sure, sure, sure. So um, are you looking to actually buy your own piece of property then, leasing your own piece of property? I mean, what do you think that's going to look like? That would be the goal, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. So you wrote your own business plan? I did. What was that like? <laughs> To be honest, it was a little painful. Um, like I said, I'm just kind of like a, like just jump in and do it and figure it out as you go kind of person. Um, I think in massage therapy school, we had to, we had to write out a business plan for that. So it's been 15 plus years since I've done that. Um, so it was diving back into those skills was a little bit hard because I haven't had to do it in a long time. It's kind of like if you were working at a job for a long time, you had to write a resume. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, no, it was yeah. exactly like that. Like, well, you know, just read my mind. Like, that's kind of what it <laughs> felt like for a while. But then I just sat down and I made myself do it. And I got it done. Um, and I was pretty proud of it. It turned out to be a lot longer than I had thought it was going to be. But mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a really good exercise to do to keep up on your skills. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you kept talking about, you know, when we were talking about your time here in the incubator, you, you kept, the one thing that, that, that really struck me, you kept talking about community here. You kept talking about, you know, how um, you and the other people that are working here on the farm, the community aspect of it. Um, talk a little bit more about that and, and how that really helped you grow as a farmer. So everyone kind of came from different backgrounds. I worked with I think three other women and um, one was I think she owned like a horse farm um, one had a dairy farm background uh, one was a college student and so um, uh, learning from all the different backgrounds and hearing their stories was really fascinating um, and we all just worked really well together and it was just really enjoyable even on the day zone it wasn't enjoyable like when it's pouring down rain and we're <laughs> out picking tomatoes well good luck to you thank and you hope everything goes well with you and hopefully in a couple of years we'll see your business explode and i hope so i hope so buying some of your carrots so so really it's all focused on carrots that's what you're really focused on are there any other vegetables that's, or fruits that you're also that's getting into main focus but mm -hmm. i'm also doing peas okay um and i'm doing cucumbers uh hence the pickle the the Penny Pickle Patch is a throwback to my great-grandmother who grew uh, pickling cucumbers and she would sort them in sizes for each of her customers. She'd throw oh, wow. them on like little area rugs. <laughs> and so she sold them for a penny a piece. Okay. And then she saved up all of her pickle money is what she called it. And she bought a living room suite. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Lindsay. Uh, we have Brad Pollock now on the podcast, and he is the farm manager here at The Seed Farm. Brad, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So I started at The Seed Farm in March of 2018, so this will be my third growing season here. Um, before that, I've worked for uh, Rodale at their family farm, 
and I've run my own farming business on my grandparents' property since about the year 2000. Okay. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your own farming business. So um, I started off when I was 13 or 14 years old, and uh, we basically grew pumpkins uh, for retail sales. We expanded that to all kinds of winter squash, different things like that, um, fall ornamentals. And uh, we got up to about five or six acres of that. And then um, I believe it was about 2003 or 2004, we started going to farmer's markets with uh, mixed produce. Um, at one time, we went to three farmer's markets. We went to West Reading, we went to Easton Farmer's Market, and we went to uh, McCungie Farmer's Market. Okay, okay. 13, 14. Yeah. Wow. Did you grow up on a farm? Uh, my grandparents owned a farm, your yes. So I farm. lived about five minutes away, so I was down there quite a bit. So what was your grandparents' farm? Uh, it was a mixed small grain and hay operation. Uh, my grandfather had beef cattle as well. And then um, prior to us starting to grow a lot of produce, he had always grown sweet corn for, for sales, for wholesale and for um, retail sales at his farm. Okay, got it. So tell me about your journey to actually eventually come to the seed farm then. I had worked for... Like I said, I worked for myself, and, and I worked for a couple other farmers before I went to uh, college. And I went to Delaware Valley College for uh, horticulture, plant science, and biotechnology. And then um, once I graduated, I ended up working for Rodale for at th what that time was called the Working Tree Center. Sure. Um, and I was the, the vegetable grower there. Uh, so I grew, grew produce for the family year-round, either in the, in the beds or in the greenhouses. And then um, once Rodale closed up, I uh, was able to get a job here at the seed farm. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so in your role as a farm manager, you know, tell me a little bit about what you actually do. So I, um, I have to grow produce for, we have a 60-person CSA through St. Luke's Hospital that runs from mid-June to early October. And in addition to that, I take care of all the grounds. I do maintenance on the equipment. I um, fix things on the greenhouse. I fix things for the cooler. Um, we also have a large plant sale that goes on over Mother's Day. Uh, this year was probably the biggest one yet, despite the, uh, the coronavirus. Um, we did a lot of online sales and we were able to sell a lot of plants that way. So I, I take care of all that. I start all those plants too. Okay. Do you do any training of the, of the actual farmers that are here? So we do run a couple training classes. Um, we were doing tractor and equipment training recently. And then um, the incubator farmers that are actually on site usually can ask me questions or, or technical advice. Um, they can request formal training, but most of, it's, most of it's anecdotal. I can help them out when I need to, and you know, they ask questions if they have them. A lot of those questions can probably run the gamut, can't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all over the place from, you know, basic things farmers worry about like irrigation to pest problems fungus uh, all kinds of things marketing questions which i can't always answer but i try how do you turn on a tractor how does this work how does that work yeah yeah pretty much all over the place you know so you sound like a jack of all trades up here i mean you do a lot of things i, I cover a lot of different different bases yeah wonderful tell me you know the csa a lot of people i don't think realize um that really is no jokes. Running a CSA, being a farmer running a CSA is a lot of work. Um, how many different crops do you actually grow in that CSA? Um, I would say it has to be somewhere between 30 and, and 40, I would think. Uh, maybe that's too many, but it, it has to be at least that. It has to be at least 30. 
Um, and, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. Luckily, the, the CSA program we have is through St. Luke's Hospital. So the marketing end of it isn't on me. Um, they handle all of that. So I just have to provide the produce for them every week. And, and how many acres do you actually grow through the CSA? It's probably about three, three wow. and a half. Three and a half acres, and you're growing that many different types of, of crops. Correct. That is... That, that's unfathomable to <laughs> me. When, when you think about all the, the hard work that goes into that, when, when does that actually start? I mean, when does, it grow, when does the planting actually start for that? So the, the planting in the greenhouse would start in late February. I start onions and leeks. Um, and then basically you're seeding in the greenhouse up into March. And then once March, depending on the weather, we'll start seeding stuff outside, um, usually mid-March to the end of March. Wow. And then it's essentially nonstop all summer. Um, yeah, yeah. It, we'll, I'm still seeding stuff. We're still planting. Um, I'll be seeding cabbage in the greenhouse probably in a week or so, two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Wow, wonderful. Um, so, you know, let, let's go back a little bit to when you were 13, 14 years old. Okay. Um, you know, at, th- at that point, um, you, you were thinking in terms of, were you thinking in terms of a business person? You wanted to make, you know, that pumpkin patch, you know, a full-fledged business for yourself? I mean, how was that? How did that work for you? Um, I'm not sure if I was thinking as a, as a full-fledged business necessarily. Uh, I, I'd always helped my grandfather, you know, as much as I could prior to that. So me and my sister actually run the business, so I wasn't the only person doing it. Um, me and her were able to make money for ourselves, you know, at a relatively early age, and I think that's what, that's what appealed to us. Uh, my grandfather, you know, when we were small and, like, less than an acre, he wasn't charging us rent, obviously, because we'd work off our rent for him. So, you know, we were able to make, make more money than, you know, the average, say, 13- or 14-year-old could, and we didn't really have to go anywhere to do it. We could do it on farm. Being, what, what did that experience, I'm sure you probably take and take a, a lot away from that experience, I mean, tell me some of the things you took away from actually doing that at such a young age. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely instilled in me that, you know, if, if you want to, to gain something, you're going to have to work for it. And the fact that it's never going never gonna to be easy, you know, like any farming, there's a lot of things that can come up. There's a lot of things that can challenge you that you don't have an answer for. And even having, you know, a very experienced farmer like my grandfather there, um, although that's that's helpful, it's not. He's still in, nobody has all the answers in farming. I guess I should say. Do you see some of that in some of the people who actually some of the new people? You know, some of the people who've never been in farming. You know, y- yes, here, yes. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people too, have the the impression that it's just going to be you know this, and it is a great job. I don't mean it that way, but it's gonna they're going to be able to show up and it's going to be relaxing and everything's going to run smooth and they're going to get this great harvest and you know when it works that's exactly how it is but it doesn't always work all right thank you very much i appreciate it anything else you want to add about the seed farm and your role and um no no i don't think so wonderful thank you thank you for for providing the farm manager aspect of this so i appreciate it no problem all right thank you thanks to all the staff at the seed farm for making my visit possible For more information, you can visit the Seed Farm website at www.theseedfarm.org or go to the American Agriculturist website where I have a story and some photos of the farm published. I'm Chris Torres. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.